Hello again, and welcome to The NP Dude. This is episode three, and today I originally had a couple people scheduled to be here and just kind of chit-chat and BS for a while, but unfortunately we had to have a change, and that's okay because sometimes that happens. And being willing to be flexible is important, especially as a nurse practitioner or a nurse. And uh, so today I've got a couple things that I'm going to go through. I still think it's valid uh, to have a show today. I think it's important that we talk about a couple things that were questions and comments on the Facebook, uh, some on my Facebook page and some also on the FNP Facebook page that I belong to. And I want to go through those, but I also want to have a, just a, a kind of an anecdote of some something that happened to me today at work where you know I have to take a couple extra minutes to just educate people. And it's, it's important, and it's, uh, sometimes it's fun, sometimes it's frustrating, but it, it is just a little way that I try to help propel the, the practice that we have and um, shooting for more autonomy and just educating people about that. But today, we had a couple things I wanted to go through. One was... A question I saw on one of the Facebook posts um, from the family practice group, and it was all about when should I apply for my job, and it was people that were graduating, I think, in May of this year, so we're looking at four or five months away, and um, so I, I guess my, we'll dive right in and just get into it, and I, I think that the responses I saw on the Facebook page, some of them were good, some were really long, and I'm not going to lie, when I see a really long Facebook post, I... I I skip over it. I don't have the, I don't have the energy to deal with you know three pages long of 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 narrative, and it was probably good information. I just skipped over it. But one of the posts was, um, you know, hey, I already got a job. Well, that's great, but that doesn't show that what this person should be doing. That's just helping, you know, making you feel better about that you've got one, and maybe not helping somebody else. And I don't think that's a nice way to go is to to tell other people, hey, I've got a job, and you haven't started looking nanny nanny boo boo. Um, at least that's how I kind of took it. But what I suggest, in my opinion, and this is a show about my opinions, and whoever wants to come and be on my show can have their opinions. My opinion is there's never a time where you shouldn't be looking for a job. And I don't mean that you should always be out shopping for a job, but you should always, always be willing to send your resume if the right opportunity comes up. And for this particular person, it was uh, someone that's that's you know a couple months out. They're not working. They're in a clinical or they're still in their FNP program. It's appropriate. And and a pretty good philosophy in life is if you have to ask the question about something, chances are you should probably be doing it because something deep down in you is saying, you know what, I should probably be doing this. You are close enough. Five months, you're within one semester, certainly ready to go. I, there's no reason you can't be sending out resumes right now. If you're not sending resumes now, you should be at least working on your resume and letting other professionals read your resume, give comments, take them with a grain of salt. I've had people tear mine apart and I've gotten a lot of jobs in my time and you know I, I don't change mine that much. Um, so I would start right away. There's no reason not to. Now, here's the thing. Keep in mind as most answers are going to be, it depends, right? I mean, if you ask a gray question, I call gray questions those that aren't black and white. So if you have a gray question, these are the law school questions. These are the fun ones, right? This is what law school all argue about one way or the other. It can go either way. You're on the fence on everything. That's what law school is. And this is a gray question. When should I start? Well, there's no wrong answer. You could start now. You could have started two months ago. You could start after you get your certification. 
So here's let's break it down into reality. As a former manager, if somebody came into me and said, hey, I want to work with you, and I might say, yeah, that's great. I have a job opening, and I might be looking for someone. But if the job that you're applying for has a certification and a license required for it, and I've got a pool of applicants that already have certification and licenses, I'm probably not going to spend a lot of energy on the people that don't have the license and the certification yet. And I'm not going to lie, I didn't I didn't start looking for a job until I was right about graduation because I knew deep down that in reality most people don't know who I am as in this in family practice. I got a couple people that know me from hospital setting, but the people that know me, they would have either hired me yes or no without my resume. The the people that are going to look at my resume, they don't know who I am. So they're not going to look at me and say, oh, geez, this guy looks great on paper, but he doesn't have a certification. They're going to say, does he certified? Nope. Okay, put it in the maybe file at the bottom <laughs> or in, the, or in the, round, the round file, which is the garbage can, right? So, you know, I, I, I'm on the fence on this one. It's a great question. And uh, so you, I, I don't think it hurts to send out resumes now. I think that you could use it as a tool to just get your name out there and also – Use it as a tool to uh, take the opportunity to go in and visit some of these offices. And it's similar to the question that I or the the, the post I did yesterday. Uh, the episode yesterday was about um, finding clinical sites. It's kind of the same philosophy with finding a job, right? You want to make sure that you want to work in that environment. Well, if you're sending resumes through the internet and you're sending emails or you're doing online job postings and you're doing all this this stuff, which is important, it needs to be done with most of these most facilities now. But if you're not physically going in there with a hard copy of your resume, in my opinion, I think that you, you're you missing out on opportunity. Number one, you're going to get to see who's working in the office. And number two, you're going to see, uh, do you really want to be in that office? Is it is it dirty? Uh, is the the patients are all you know, depressed looking and they're just waiting and they're, you know, they call one person every 15 minutes and it's, you know, they're, they're just, you know, you can get a vibe. And, and I think that there's something to be said about that. So keep in mind, it's always that it depends. It's a gray answer on this one. Um, but I, if I were you, I would say go for it. I would start getting your resume together, get it out as soon as possible. And then just in your cover letter, just say, look, I'm not certified. I graduate in May. I will be taking the certification at the first opportunity. And you can say which one you're taking if you know yet. Or if you don't, we'll be talking about that here shortly too. But I would let them know where you are in the process so that in the cover letter, you don't waste their time. If they look at your resume and it looks great, and then they look at the very bottom and they don't see a certification number somewhere, uh, now you just wasted their time. And they're going to be like, man, this person's not even certified. They're wasting my time. It's going to go in the garbage. Especially if you're in an area like me, Northeast Ohio, we've got a surplus of nurse practitioners right now that you wouldn't believe. And so you know, there's, there's some pretty good competition out there. The last thing I want to do is make it easy for them to throw my my resume in the garbage. So that that's kind of my philosophy. That's kind of how I took it. But again, I waited until I was close uh, to graduation. Then I started sending. And I didn't get much response until I had my certification, at least your certification. And then licensing takes a little bit longer to get to. So we, we might as well talk. Uh, I had another comment on my Facebook page about certification exams and which one and why, right? So there's two different certifications in in the United States for nurse practitioners and for family practice in, in particular. And you have the ANCC and you have the AANP. 
So those are the two, right? And the question always comes up, and you'll see it on Facebook every now and then, and, and you'll see, okay, which one's better? And that's a great question, right? It's the same thing. So which one is better? Well, it depends on your point of view. And the way I like to approach things is what's the end game? What what, what does it matter? What, it's a big, big picture of this for me. And I used to tell my engineers that worked for me all the time, don't tell me the details. Big picture. Can this happen? Yes or no? And what do we need? And and that would cut through about 85% of the BS that I had to deal with, and we would just get to the right answer. So what what's the end game here? You want a job, and you need, you need a license, and you want your, a job. So those are the two things you need, right? So either of them would get you your license. And just to be thorough, um, because there might be some people out there that don't really understand licensing, licensing is your state. It's the state saying you've met the minimum requirements for X, Y, or Z. I am a former licensed professional engineer. I am also a licensed attorney. I'm a registered nurse, and I have my APRN license. So I have these four licenses. They said I met the minimum standard qualities to be called that, okay? And they give you a number, and the number is for tracking. And so if you have a complaint against you or you do something outside of the scope of what you're supposed to be doing or... Uh, you, you have some kind of nefarious business practice and you end up losing your license because of that, whatever, or you get, you know, DUIs or whatever, and, and you get suspended. And it's a way to keep you in check and to keep track of you and make sure you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And that's the state. Now, your certification is an exam. That's it. It's a certification. It's an independent third-party organization that is deemed to be the expert in that field and they come up with the questions and they come up with the standard tests and they say this is our tried and true test that provides evidence of a minimum body of knowledge with an individual if you pass it then you're deemed to have the minimum body of knowledge within your brain and you can go do whatever it is that they say that you can do and so the distinguishing point between AAMP and the ANCC with certification in at least the vernacular, is what the nomenclature is. And you'll see this on things, and then you'll see arguments about it, right? People read into it in different ways, and there was a guy, some doc in Idaho or somewhere, that put a whole bunch of crap about this on Facebook, and it will explode it, and the poor poor sucker got negative ratings <laughs> for days. He got crushed with zero stars. Anyways, what, what you see with ANCC, you're board certified, by definition, once you pass your exam. So you'll be an FNP-BC, board certified, with ANCC. Now, AANP, they don't care. They just call you certified. You passed your certification exam. You get a C. So you're an FNP-C. I am an FNP-C, so I took AANP, not ANCC. And I'll go through the reasons why in a moment. So that gives you your board certification versus your certification. Now, some people, like I said, you'll see arguments all over the place about board certified is better than certified because it says board and uh, whatever, you know. I mean, it's it's board certified sounds a little bit more like a doctor, I guess. But in reality, it's it's a test that says you met the minimum standards in your licensing state. will look at that certification and say, yes, you passed. No, you didn't. Yes, you did. You get your license. Yay. You can go work. Okay, so the functional differences between AANP and ANCC. AANP is a certification exam that 
basically will test you on your ability to to um, recognize symptoms, diagnose, come up with treatment plans, um, information, you know, asking about like what labs would you order if you saw this presentation, the typical type of stuff you would expect in an exam when you're in your NP program, the typical stuff, right? The, the difference with AANP versus ANCC is that ANCC will add in research and theory. Okay, so in my opinion, I think it's better to study for one thing instead of three, uh, especially if those th the other two things are research and theory. Now, I'm not beaten up on research, and I'm not beaten up on theory. I understand the reason that we take those in our NP programs, and I got it. The difference is that I am not going to be doing a lot of research, if any, in my family practice. I, it's just not what I'm doing. And and, and to be honest with you, that's, it's not that I'm degrading people that do research. It's important and I value it. It's just it's not something that I choose to want to do. So it wasn't going to value. I don't see value in it for me for when I was done in starting my job and working. I just wanted to get licensed. That's that's it. I mean, I'm being bluntly honest about it. That's I just want to get my license. Give me my certificate so I can get my license. So that's the main reason. Um the the other thing I could see in, in the caveat that I said that maybe there would be a reason to get ANCC is because some employers, I've been told, hospitals, large hospitals, because ANCC is basically magnet. They're affiliated, and I don't know how, but I know they are. I don't know if it's ANCC is magnet or magnet is ANCC or whatever, but they're they're affiliated. And I've been told by a professor that the only reason that you would take ANCC is because some of the hospitals throughout the country that are magnet status require ANCC for their FNPs and for their NPs in general. And do I know if that's real? I don't know. I, none of the job postings that I saw, I saw a lot of them over the last six months, eight months, that, that were from hospitals doing urgent care in some of their outpatient family practices and stuff like that. I never once paid any attention to what accrediting body they required. Most of them just said, um, you've you got a certificate from a certifying body. It was real generic. And if I, I even saw some that had clipped into their, uh, their advertisements for the position, the PA uh, certification exam, board certification exam that they do. So I mean, these HR people, they don't know. They just copy and paste this crap. So in my opinion, again, if you have the opportunity to apply to a job that you really want and it says ANCC certification in the requirements, apply anyways. That's my trick. It's a tip. It's my secret. Just do it. Because in the reality, nobody's going to care unless they have to care. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that there's there's probably not many people and and please correct me if somebody knows of a facility that that mandates this, I would love to hear about it because I just don't know and to be honest with you I think it's kind of silly and foolish you got a lot of great practitioners out there there's absolutely no reason to limit it to just ANCC, so that's kind of the the only reason that I could imagine doing ANCC. Now, I had another good question. And this one was on my Facebook page, and it was about um, it was a student that was um, asking whether acute care experience increased their success, uh, or believed that that it increases success in the FNP program or the MSN program. 
And uh, to piggyback on that, they also asked, does the acute care increase your chances of getting an NP job as well? So it's kind of the same same vein of question, and I'm going to answer both. Um, let me answer the second one first. The second one is getting a job. No, <laughs> I don't think I care. <laughs> when I interviewed, and I, I applied and interviewed at at least six or seven different offices, and not once did they really say, what did you do in your your nursing job? Not once. They, they say not one of them, and I doubt that any of them did. If anybody got that question, I'd love to hear about it. They might have said, well, what have you been doing? What's your experience? They want to know your story. They want to know that you can communicate. You know, If you can go in and say, hey, you know, I went into this because of that reason, or I'm doing this because this is really cool, or, or you know, I feel passionate about this, or uh, you know, th- that's what they want to hear. They want to see that you can communicate. They want to see that you can carry a conversation. They can see that you act appropriately for the circumstance. And that's the best thing you can do in an interview. And, and, and I know that's not the question, but but I, I don't think that whether I had acute care versus outpatient working in, a, in an outpatient office, I don't think it matters one way or, or another. Um, I think it's what you how you act when you come to the table. The uh, acute care experience for... FNP and, and I could I'm going to tell you we had probably we had about 30 people in our class we had probably 20 of them I'm going to go out on a limb and say were either ER or ICU or or CCU or some kind of critical care but I don't think it matters I really don't think that you know and then we had a couple that were out outpatient type stuff and you know we had one that was uh, home health or two with home health. Um, but I, I again I don't I don't think it's it's a different job right I mean. When you go work in a family practice as a provider, you're assessing patients differently than you do as an, as an RN working bedside. You talk to your patients um, the same as though they're patients, but you're doing it in a slightly different way because you have to, to direct things a little bit more. You don't have 12 hours to just kind of talk to them and educate them. You have to be more concise. So it's a different job. You're doing a different job. You're, you're treating them. You're, you're actually prescribing medications, therapies, and, and modalities to, to make them better. And you're evaluating those treatments and, and follow-up visits and things like that. So it, it's a different job. So I don't think that it really it really matters um, that, that you have acute care experience, even in the practice of the job. But success in the FNP program, it, no, I don't think it mattered at all. I, I, my, my, my circumstances... I had a really difficult accelerated BSN program. It was a 15-month bachelor's degree. So I immersed myself in it. And I'm a reader, right? So I, I, I read more than I needed to about pretty much every topic because I didn't – and I didn't care about the – I mean, I wanted good grades. Don't get me wrong. I like you know, the satisfaction of knowing that others judge my grades well. Great. And that's my – maybe an issue I need to talk to a counselor about. But, but – uh, <laughs> But in reality, I wanted to know it because I wanted to know it. I wanted to, I wanted to make sure that if I ever had to pull from that knowledge base, that that base would be there and it would be somewhat of a good foundation. And that really propelled me into my NP program. I, I, my NP program, because of my, F, my bachelor program, I didn't really have to kill myself. It was pretty easy. So I don't think that your work experience is what, helps you in your NP program. I think what helps you in your NP program is how hard you worked and how difficult your your bachelor's program was, how long ago your bachelor's program was. 
Um, and I think it was a benefit to me that my bachelor's program was only a handful of years ago. And, and I see that one on Facebook too. I see it, it's another one of those gray questions, gray question and answers, because people say, uh, you'll see this post posted that you can just almost like say, oh, good God, I don't even want to touch Facebook again today because I know it's going to explode. And it's one of those questions like, hey, who else thinks that we should have a minimum requirement of three years before they can start an NP program? And they got to have at least X number of nursing experience. And it's got to be this type of nursing experience and that type of nursing. And I, my philosophy is, no, it's a different job. It's not a nurse. What I think is more important is business experience. I think being a professional of some kind, and I shouldn't say business, professional. You could be a professional nurse. You could be a professional you know, car salesman. You could be someone that is able to talk and communicate and understand what's appropriate and what's not. And I think that's where you see things go wrong for the younger new NPs that don't have that experience between their bachelor and their, and their NP program because they don't have that life experience. And, and mandating life experience on something to me, it just sounds wrong. I'd rather just say, you know what? You're welcome to take this program. If you can get into the program and you can pass the classes, you've met the minimum requirements set by the certifying body to take their certification. And if you pass the certification, you've met the standard for the license. Yay. Yay you. Now it's up to you to act like a professional. And I think that that at 24, 25 years old, Sometimes that's difficult to be doing that, but physicians do it all the time, right? I mean, so what's the difference? You know, how old are, you, are most med students when they graduate? It's right around that same age. So I don't freak out about that. I think that that uh, minimum requirements for stuff is, is kind of silly. I think setting, setting um, the bar at, you know, you've got your degree in, in your bachelor's degree. You've got your, you know, any entrance exams that are required for your program have been met. You've done well in them. Um, you've, you know, all that stuff. I, I think that's the that, that's more important for the entrance. But as far as acute care experience, doesn't matter. I, I don't think it matters. I don't think anybody did better or worse because of it. And and if someone feels very strongly about it, please let me know and let me know why because I can't think of one. Um, you know, I could say, well, you know, pharmacology better, but really I don't because you know, scanning a, a packet of you know. Metoprolol and, and administering it and by scanning the band on the patient and giving it to them. Yeah, I know what it is. Um, I kind of know, you know, maybe as a bedside nurse, I don't, you know, I forgot. I know I learned that one time. I know, oh, geez, I, what are all the side effects? I don't know. Here, beep, beep, done. And you give it to them. So in practice, you know, you do that for 10 years, a lot of the stuff starts to fade away, right? So unless you are in an ICU where you do use, you know, you know, drips and things that you kind of really need to be watching, maybe that matters, but you're not doing those things in FNP anyways, so it doesn't really matter. So that that's kind of that one. Um, those are the questions I had. Now, oh, this this is it, right. Okay, so here's the, the thing that I had to happen to me today. And these are the things that I try to mark, you know, like a little check mark in a box in my brain that says, ooh, keep this on, the, on file because this might be something you could talk about. So I'm at work today, and I'm not going to tell you what I guys do yet, and only because I don't want to step on toes. But I'm working in a, in a group that uh, my schedule is pretty flexible. So I was done at noon, right? And uh, I was talking to one of the scheduler girls that is working out in the, in the hallway. And she said, so you're working under such and such doctor. And I said, no, 
no, I'm not. And she said, and she looked confused. And I said, no, no, I'm not working under her. I'm, I'm my own practitioner. And uh, she's like, no, but you're working under a doctor so-and-so. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not the way it works. So I could have went and just blown it off, right? Because she's a scheduler. She, what is she, you know, she, maybe she's just young and she just doesn't know and she doesn't understand. And so I just kind of stood there and we just were talking about other stuff. And she, she goes, you know, I have a question about that. And I was waiting for it because it was kind of eating her up and I didn't want to jump right in and explain it because I wasn't ready. I wasn't sure she was ready to be receptive to it, but she was. And, and I was talking about her thermos or something. She got a nice thermos for her coffee or something. I said, Oh, that's nice. Whatever. And so we were talking about that for just like a minute. And she goes back to your, your license. How does that work that you're not under him? So here's the issue that I have, right? People don't know. She works there. I've been there for oh, several weeks now and, and she's been sending patients my way and who knows what she's telling them. So she could be propagating false information without even knowing that we're practitioners and what we do is practice and provide, provide care. Right. And we can do, at least in the setting I'm at, I can do essentially everything that the physician can do. So you know, I, I, I just like to take a couple extra minutes. If somebody that has the ability to touch, you know, 30 patients a day, it, not physically, but touch them with, you know, voice contact and, and reach them verbally and, and say, oh, Jeff's here today. You get to see him. He's one of our providers. Oh, don't worry. He can do everything that Dr. So-and-so can do. That is huge. So I got this girl on my side now. She knows what we do. So take the time. I could have blown it off and jetted right out of the building. I could have gotten out five minutes earlier. But you take the couple minutes. Tell people what we do. We have to educate the people. That's the way we're going to get get more scope. That's the way we're going to get more recognition. Um, it's not another nursing theory about why we're not treated as equal as others. It's nothing to do with that. The people need to be educated on what we can do. And so that's my rant for today. But I think it was a cool one. It was, it was a true story. And I'm trying to make this real. I'm trying to keep things. This is uncut, unedited. It's going to get uploaded. And it is what it is. If I say something wrong, I apologize. But here's the thing. Um, when you talk a lot, and I talk a lot, uh, you're going to say stuff wrong, right? And, and when I say something wrong, it might not be that, be that I'm really thinking it that way. It's just I'm not communicating it well. So call me out on it. Leave comments on, on my uh, website, thenpdude.com. I've got it set up now that I have comments underneath each one of the audio uh, podcasts. I'm working on a way to get it so you guys can download them. That, that's like my big thing right now, but it takes like code and stuff, and I, I'm... I'm not good at this and I'm, I'm learning, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting there, but at least you can listen to it in the player. Um, I want to get the download so you can download it and do it on Wi-Fi, and then take your MP3 with you and listen in the car or listen while you're, you know, walking on a treadmill or if you want to go to sleep and you're listening to me to go to sleep, that's fine too. Um, but that's, <laughs> so that's kind of what I'm doing is, uh, with the, with the website, but leave me a, a, a comment, 
Send me an email. It's jeff at the npdude.com. You can also get me on my Facebook page. Don't forget to like me and follow me so that way new updates and things are coming up. Ooh, there was a good one, and I wanted to talk about it, and I didn't. Is the uh, the And this is Ohio peeps. So any of the, the people from other states, you're we're done. We're done here. You can skip. But Ohio peeps. The Ohio Board of Nursing just came out with their interpretation of House Bill 216 with respect to licensing. And I posted a link to the PDF that uh, OAAPN sent out, which is our Ohio uh, group. Uh, and and the, <laughs> their, their interpretation basically gave dates. And it said, yeah, the CTP and CTPE are going away, which is our certificate to prescribe. And it's all going to be rolled into our COAs, which is what we knew in, the, in House Bill 216. But they didn't say anything at all about externship. And I would have hoped they said stuff about the 45 hours of pharma, you know, pharmacology in the last five years and blah, blah, blah. And that's great. But it didn't say anything about whether externship is going away or not. And so I'm still kind of in limbo on it myself. I'm sure, you know, that changes things for me big time because I'm stuck in the in-between, right? I'm still in my externship and I probably will be until after April 6th. And so this might impact me. But, you know, I, I don't... I don't envision this, the Board of Nursing giving any real guidance. I think they're being wishy-washy on purpose. I think that their intent is to keep it so that um, they can change their mind later. That's just me being cynical. So anyways, check out the link. Take a look. Leave comments. Get with me. And uh, I'm going to try to do this uh, with um, Fridays. I'm going to try to get people to come in and just hang out with me and uh, do a just a BS session and we'll talk about what we did for the week and that kind of stuff and see if that's a good, a good format for this. And if not, we'll, we'll change like we always do. And, and I feel bad people bailed on me today, but it is what it is. I understand why you did it. So it's, I'm, I'm cool with it, but, uh, next time, uh, we'll get together and have some fun. So I appreciate you listening. Talk soon. Have a good weekend.